Welcome to Between Two Barrels, a twice-weekly podcast recorded at Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Between Two Barrels is a show that highlights legends of all shapes and sizes from across the state of Tennessee. From the queen of country Dolly Parton to the elusive Tennessee Wildman. From our head distiller to our legendary staff and products. On this show, you will learn some terms of the alcohol industry, as well as learn some awesome recipes for food and cocktails alike. Join us as we journey through the volunteer state to bring you stories of legends that involve the beautiful state of Tennessee, from country music as well as rock and roll royalty, cryptids, distillery origins, carbonated beverage beginnings, and everything in between. This show truly highlights what makes a legend a Tennessee legend. What's up, legends? Welcome back to another episode of Between Two Barrels Podcast. I am your host, Opie, and joined, of course, by Below himself. Below, we are nearing the weekend. How has your week been so far? Uh, fairly busy. Um, of course, we are trying to get ready for the upcoming holidays. Of course, as you know, next week mm. is Thanksgiving. Um, that is always Black Friday for this area is a huge shopping. You know, it's a mecca, if you will. Yes. Uh, so many people coming in from all over the place to go to the different outlet malls and stuff like that. Uh, all the shows are in full swing with their Christmas shows for the most part. If not uh, already, they are starting them over this next week. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the lights are on in Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, Gatlinburg. Uh, all the iconic Christmas lights that people have become accustomed to this time of year. Mm. It's all in full swing. and We have reached that time of year here for the Smoky Mountain. So it's it's all gas, no brakes until after New Year's at this point. So, Yeah, pretty much. I know there was a time, though, when everything shifted to from Black Friday to where, like I know my, my, sis, my aunts on my mom's side, some of her sisters, like the second Thanksgiving dinner is over, they're like, all right, love y'all. Bye. We're heading to Pigeon Forge. We're going to Tanger. It's yeah. Like, but it's Thanksgiving. Like, that's tomorrow. No, no, no. We, we want to go ahead and. So now it's like an entire black weekend. Like what used to be one day has encompassed an entire weekend with the. I guess the modernization of Black Friday. Oh now yeah, it's like this entire weekend instead of one day. Well, not only the weekend. I mean, now a lot of places are like, I mean, including us. Uh, shameless little pitch here, real quick. We are running yeah. a forty uh, percent off or fifty dollars or more on our uh, Tennessee Legend merch online page. So um, make sure and go check that out. Uh, anything over fifty dollars on your total order gets you forty percent off at that point. Um, and that continues throughout and it's for the entire month. We've been doing it as a black Friday, all month special. Yeah. Um, and we are also going to be doing some more in-house black Friday deals as well. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, coming up 
on Black Friday. Uh, so make sure you stop in or check the social media sites for that information. Um, but several places are doing week early Black Friday sales. You also have places that are doing, you know, like us, the entire month of November is being treated as Black Friday sales. But then uh, Black Friday spawns Small Business Saturday. And then you have Cyber Monday now. And then Cyber Monday expanded to Cyber Sunday. Like, you know, it, it's... And honestly, it's one of those situations where the price is elevated and then cut down on the percentage. So your actual percentage off that you're paying is not really that much it's just because of when it's happening is Mm -hmm. you know the drama the romance the commercialism the of of what is now yeah yeah so well we're we're always trying to chase that next best deal as humanity so so we're very easy to kind of rain to where people need us i tell you what if you haven't watched the house of usher yet i don't think you'd enjoy it because it's 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 a horror show but there is like one of the last two episodes roderick usher the main character is talking to a reporter and the reporter says ah when life makes gives you lemons make lemonade he said nah screw that and he goes into this long diatribe about like when life gives you lemons you buy all the lemons and you make it to where like it's impossible for anyone else to have the lemons. So you have the lemons and then you get a celebrity to endorse these lemons. And then you completely segregate some lemons and say, oh, well, these are completely organic lemons that help fight cancer. And then and he goes through like a five minute diatribe and me and Madison are just like, oh, my God, that's what they're doing. He yeah. just explained everything. They manipulate <laughs> the living daylights out of us the the truth and the truth and fiction yeah yeah but we are continuing our fantastic journey through the legend of dolly parton uh on tuesday's episode we talked about her early life all the way through the late 80s and here we are we're in the 90s and we are going to finish our journey through this legend of the queen of the south uh from the 90s to today the so, patron saint of Sevier County herself. Patron saint of Sevco. But where'd we leave off? So uh, uh, last point where we had left off, we'd actually started talking about getting into, as you said, the late 80s going into the early 90s. Uh, Dolly, along with Emily Harris and Linda Ronstadt, released a Trio in 1987 to critical acclaim. The album revitalized Parton's music career at that point in time, spending five weeks at number one on Billboard's country albums chart and also reached the top 10 on Billboard's top 200 albums chart. That particular album, Trio, sold several million copies and produced four top 10 country hits, including Phil Spector's To Know Him Is To Love Him, which went to number one. Trio also won Grammy Award for Best Country Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocal and was nominated for a Grammy Award Album of the Year. Now, after a further attempt at pop success with Rainbow in 1987, including the single The River Unbroken, it ended up a commercial letdown, unfortunately, causing Parton to focus on recording 
more country material, which is what she is ultimately more known for. White Limousine in 1989 produced two number one hits in Why'd You Come In Here Looking Like That, which I know a lot of people mm-hmm. know. Uh, very, very prominent uh, hit by Dolly Parton. And Yellow Roses. Now, although Parton's career appeared to be revived, it was actually just a brief revival before contemporary country music came into the early 90s and moved most veteran artists off the charts. Yes, the, the, the 90s, you know, obviously being born in 89, those are, that's the, the generation of country that I remember growing up to, you know, Brooks and Dunn, um, Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson's early stuff. I mean, even before the days of Kenny Chesney. Um, right. My, one of my favorite memories is early Toby Keith. Yes, early and early Blake Shelton. Like long-haired, most people yeah. know these songs, Blake Shelton. <laughs> right. Um, one of my favorite memories of 90s country is me and my grandfather, our favorite song from Brooks and Dunn was Boot Scoot and Boogie. And anytime oh, sure. on the radio, we would just blast crank it, it up, crank it up and sing it together. But yeah, that, that 90s country, it, it definitely started adding a different type of pop than what Dolly was doing in the 80s. For sure. And it was actually a duet with Ricky Van Chelt, uh, the song Rocket Years in 1991, uh, that also reached number one through Parton's greatest commercial fortune of the decade, uh, of course, came when Whitney Houston recorded I Will Always Love You for the soundtrack for The Bodyguard, which we had talked about earlier in uh, Tuesday's episode. Um, But both the single and the album were massively successful. Parton's soundtrack album from the 1992 film Straight Talk, however, was less successful, but her 1993 album, Slow Dancing with the Moon, won critical acclaim and did well on the charts, reaching number four on the country albums chart and number 16 on the Billboard Top 200 album chart. These are the days of Casey Kasem. Hosting that that weekly top oh, yes. forty and Billboard top hundred show, and that was another voice of a de- of a generation that Casey Kasem. Uh, I, I'm Casey some, Kasem. Yes, yeah, some of the some of the titles that you were just talking about, I can vaguely remember him saying in that Casey Kasem voice when I was a kid. Right. Yeah, and of course, also uh, famously known for voicing the original Shaggy character. Yes, yes, from Scooby Doo. Yes, for all of you uh, voice actor fans out there, she then went on to record "The Day I Fall in Love" as a duet with James Ingram for the feature film Beethoven's Second in 1993. Mm-hmm. Beethoven, of course, referring to the uh, Saint Bernard uh, dog film. <laughs> of the of the time of the decade uh, and this would have been the second one of course so the sequel to the original beethoven the songwriters ingram carol bayer sager and cliff magnus were nominated for an academy award for best original song and parton and ingram performed the song at the awards telecast similar to her earlier collaborative album with harris and ronstadt parton released honky tonk angels at the Fall of 
1993 with Loretta Lynn and Tammy Wynette. That one was would go on to be certified as a gold album by the Recording Industry Association of America and helped revive both Wynette and Lynn's careers. Also in 1994, Parton contributed to the song You Gotta Be My Baby to the AIDS Benefit album Red Hot Plus Country, produced by the Red Hot Organization. And then a live acoustic album, Heart Songs, Live From Home, featured stripped-down versions of some of her hits, as well as some traditional songs. That one was released in late 1994. Now, Parton's recorded music during the mid to late 1990s remained steady and somewhat eclectic. Her 1995 re-recording of I Will Always Love You performed as a duet with Vince Gill at the time from her album Something Special won the Country Music Association's Vocal Event of the Year Award. I remember this very vividly. Uh, Just to have someone featured on that song as a duet and and just the, the emotion that was felt back and forth, even though there, of course, wasn't anything there romantically yeah. between the two. It was just, you know, you know, as someone who performs regularly on stage, whenever you have a good chemistry with a performer. Oh, yeah. Those emotions can be felt by, by the entire audience. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Then the following year, Treasures, an album of covers of the 1960s and 70s hits, was released and featured a diverse collection of material, including songs by Mac Davis, Pete Seeger, Chris Christopherson, Cat Stevens, and Neil Young. Her recording of Stevens' Peace Train was later remixed and released as a dance single, reaching Billboard's Dance Singles charts, and her 1998 country rock album, Hungry Again, was made up entirely of her own compositions. Although neither of the album's two singles, Why Don't More Women Sing, Honky Tonk Songs, and Salt in My Tears, chartered videos for both songs received significant airplay on CMT. And then a second, more contemporary collaboration with uh, Harris and Ronstadt, Trio 2, so a sequel to their original hit, Trio, was released in early 1999, the year I graduated. Its cover of Neil Young's song, After the Gold Rush, won a Grammy Award for Best Country Collaboration with Vocals, and Parton was also inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame that same. Now, Parton recorded a series of bluegrass-inspired albums, beginning with The Grass is Blue in 1999 as well, winning a Grammy Award for Best Bluegrass Album, and Little Sparrow in 2001, with its cover of Collective Souls Shine, winning a Grammy Award for Best Female Country Vocal Performance. The third one, Halos and Horns, vividly remember this one as well, in 2002, included a bluegrass version of the Led Zeppelin song Stairway to Heaven, which is phenomenal. And then in 2005, she released Those Were the Days, consisting of her interpretations of hits from the folk rock era of the late 1960s and early 1970s, including Imagine, Where Do the Children Play, Crimson and Clover, and Where Have All the Flowers Gone? So she has been trying to diversify herself just out of that country gospel roots her entire career, really. Like, I mean, she can always go back to the well of that, but she has been trying to broaden and expand her musical horizon from the get-go. And it's probably a lot of a lot about Dolly that 
a lot of people probably never realize, like especially fans of her today, is how much she continued to try to diversify, to try to say, like, I can do more things than just this niche that I've been, you know, I want to do more things. I want to learn more things. Continuing on from there, we're going to be looking from 2005, kind of getting into more up-to-date 2020, and then, of course, looking more into uh, some filmography as well as the philanthropy work of Miss Dolly Parton. Now, partner her second Academy Award nomination for Best Original Song for Traveling Through, which she wrote specifically for the feature film Transamerica in 2005. But due to the song and film's acceptance of a transgender woman, partner received death threats during that, and she returned to number one on the country chart later in 2005 by lending her distinctive harmonies to the Brad Paisley ballad, When I Get Where I'm Going which is one that still is very, very impactful. Mm -hmm. um, but that one can also be kind of chalked up to a follow-up to traveling through. I don't know, like, why be, why be that way whenever it comes to someone's happiness? I mean, it's ultimately about just I don't living know. your life and being happy and <laughs> stuff like that. So I just, I, you know, some people yeah. are dumb. Yeah. In September of 2007, Hart released her first single from her own record company, Dolly Records, titled Better Get to Live It, which is another very just like, much like nine to five, just get you up, get you going, mm -hmm. get you amped up. I mean, it, regardless of, of, you know, what kind of music you generally listen to, there are always songs with the the melody with the the beat the tempo it's has the capacity just to get you motivated to get you inspired that was one of the first that, that one eventually... albums that i remember putting on my very first ipod being that one mm -hmm. one of nice. the that going taking technology back now you can yeah. have entire libraries of stuff through streaming services but I know. it went from you know, in the last couple of episodes, we've made references to the progressive method of music storage mm -hmm. uh, yeah. going from like LimeWire, FrostWire, burning stuff on the CDs to then uh, putting digital format media yeah. onto a, uh, 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 an iPod. And now, and then, it's of course, eventually all, all that stuff is just fingers. all at your fingertips yeah. with, the, with the phone and one, one device. And we didn't even go back to our original roots of the, the cassette tapes. And hell, I mean, I was in the transition. I was born in the transition of eight tracks and yeah, cassette you were. tapes. And then, of course, cassette tapes and CDs. So it's it's crazy yeah. how far everything has come. And she has encompassed every single one of those. Yes. And she, she has, has gone from just on uh, LP discs. Two eight tracks, two cassette tapes, two CDs, two the digital media format. So, kudos to Miss Dolly Parton in that, Absolutely. and she has actually been alive and performing during all of those transitions. Wow! So, I mean, there are a lot of artists that can say that, but I mean, several of those older country artists, you know, that have passed away, like their stuff is on the digital media format, but it's not. It's something that's been re-recorded or transferred from one of those other medium to the digital sound. So 
but that particular album peaked at number 48 on Billboard's Hot Country Songs chart and was followed by the studio album Backwoods Barbie, which was released on February 26th of 2008. And that one reached number two on the country chart. The album's debut at number 17 on the all-genre Billboard 200 albums chart was the highest in her career. So she didn't get her highest career accolade for the all-genre Billboard Top 200 albums until 2008. And Backwoods Barbie produced four additional singles, including the title track written as part of her score for 9 to 5, the musical, an adaptation of, of course, the feature film. And after the death of Michael Jackson, who partnered him personally, she released a video in which she somberly told of her feelings on Jackson and his death. Now, on October 27, 2009, Parton released a four-CD box set simply entitled Dolly, which featured 99 songs and spanned most of her career. She released her second live DVD and album live from London in October 2009, which was filmed during her sold-out 2008 concerts at London's The O2 Arena. Now, on August 10, 2010, was a long time friend and uh, father to her goddaughter, Billy Ray Cyrus, Parton mm. released the album Brother Clyde. Now, Parton is featured on The Right Time, which she co-wrote with Cyrus and Morris Joseph Trancredi. And on January 6, 2011, Parton announced that her new album would be titled Better Day. And then in February 2011, she announced that she would embark on the Better Day World Tour tour on July 7th, 2011, with shows in Northern Europe and the U.S. Now, the album's lead-off single, Together You and I, was released on May 23rd, 2011, and Better Day was released on June 28th, 2011. Continuing uh, in 2011, she actually had an opportunity to lend her voice in a different way as a voice actor as she voiced the character Dolly Gnome in the animated film Gnomeo and Juliet. And then, as well, in February 11th of 2012, after the sudden death of Whitney Houston, Parton stated, mine is only one of the millions of hearts broken with the death of Whitney Houston. I will always be grateful and in awe of the wonderful performance she did on my song. And I can truly say from the bottom of my heart, Whitney, I will always love you. You will be missed. So someone who, where some artists have gotten upset at other artists covering their songs, she yeah. has never been one to be that way. Yeah. Much like Otis Redding did with Aretha Franklin in Respect. Yeah. That's crazy. As much to say about people who, who are not, you know, It's, it's stingy, also crazy to think of how many shining stars that were on that that path dolly has now outlived because of her choice not to fall down the rabbit hole of what this life can bring you because i mean let's be honest i mean whitney and michael i was a huge fan of both of them they failed to the lifestyle you know they they flew too close to the sun pretty much and Molly yeah. has has ro- rose above and and made sure to never 
be taken by the life and she's outlived all these stars that were that came yep. after her and the person that was born in 1946 and and the person that she was on the Porter Wagner show is the same person she yep. is today you know the person that her parents uh, you know inspired her to be yeah. Between her father's business having, of course, getting her musical talent from her mother. I mean, she's never faltered, never wavered in that sense. Now, the next little bit that I want to tell you about, you're probably going to recognize this name, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you the name and see if you know exactly where it's from. Lulu Roman. Lulu? Lulu Roman. Not Lulu Roe. We're not talking about the the leggings and stuff like that. Yeah. This is actually a performer. That sounds familiar, but I can't. Best known for her comedic performances on a little show called Hee Haw. Oh, yes. Hee Haw. Yes, the very same Lily Roman in 2013 joined part for a re-recording of I Will Always Love You for Roman's album At Last. In 2019, part and Kenny Rogers reunited for the title song, You Can't Make Old Friends, for for their performance. They were nominated for the 2014 Grammy Award for Grammy Award for Country Duo Group Performance. Wow. And then and then in 2014, Parton embarked on the Blue Smoke World Tour in support of her 42nd studio album, Blue Smoke. Now, that album was first released in Australia and New Zealand on January 31st to coincide with tour dates there in February and reached the top 10 in both countries. It was released in the United States on May 13th and debuted at number six on the Billboard Top 200 chart, making it her first top 10 album and her highest charting solo album ever. So she was still continuing to get career first as late as 2013. It also reached the number two on the U.S. country chart. The album was released in Europe on June 9th and reached number two on the U.K. album chart. And then on June 29th, 2014, Parton performed for the first time at the U.K. Glastonbury Festival, singing songs such as Jolene, 9 to 5, and Coat of Many Colors, to a crowd of more than 180,000. Neelan, Neelan plus Williams Bryce. Ooh. Wow. On March 6th, 2016, Parton announced that she would be embarking on a tour in support of her new album, Pure and Simple. The tour was one of Parton's biggest tours within the United States in more than 25 years spanning 64 dates that were planned in the U.S. and Canada, visiting the most requested markets missed on previous tours that she had previously performed in. So she basically put out a call and said, all the places that we potentially could have played, we want y'all to hit us up because those are the places we're going to go to, not the places that we normally go to. Who knows? I just, the, the fact that at this point, what would be 50 plus years into her career, she's still achieving industry firsts for herself. And, and this, this is after having grossed enough money through her film and music career 
to have purchased her own damn theme park. And she's still at the ages of 50, 60, 70 plus is achieving career first. It's never too late for you to continue to shine. No, it is not. If anyone proves it, Dolly does. And it just goes to show that this combined with everything she does with her money, as opposed to spending it on herself, she loves it. She loves the craft that she's in, and she loves giving. And that's a big reason she just keeps going, is because she's like, the more I do, the more I can give. And the fact that she said, where have we never performed? Let's start going there. I bet not a lot of artists think that way. No, because a lot of people are going to be looking for the paycheck. They're going to be looking for that bigger purse in terms of how many tickets can I sell at this venue? You know, what kind of sales can I get at this venue? Let's let's go back to the early days, which you see in like uh, Walk the Line, where they're going to these small like Rotary Hall venues and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that those are the types of tours that people are doing, you know, go back to the, the, before you were going to, to major halls, and stadiums and stuff like that, go back to that type of story. You know, those are the types that, you know, I don't know. It, it's more intimate. People feel more recognized uh, as a, as a fan, like there's more yeah. of a personal connection with those types of things. So yeah, yeah definitely that. kudos for that. Now, because she has released so many iconic songs, I mean, just in that last couple of sentences, singing in the Glastonbury Festival, Jolene, 9 to 5, Code of Many Colors, I Will Always Love You. I mean, there are so many people that have covered these different songs Mm -hmm. and done them very well. She's gone on multiple times to sing these. And if anybody does get an opportunity to sing with Dolly, of course, they're going to be picking more of these higher profile songs but in the fall of 2016 she released jolene as a single with the acapella group pentatonics and performed on the voice with pentatonics and miley cyrus in november of 2016 in the very same year she was also one of 30 artists to perform on forever country doing a mashup of the songs take me home country roads and on the road again, as well as her own, I Will Always Love You. The song celebrates 50 years of the CMA Awards, and at the ceremony itself, Parton was honored with the Willie Nelson Lifetime Achievement Award, which was presented to her by a longtime friend, Lily Tom. And that also preceded by a tribute featuring Jennifer Nettles, Pentatonix, Reva McIntyre, Casey Musgraves, Carrie Underwood, as well as Martina McBride. I watched that. All of whom, yeah, all of whom who had significant, or Dolly had significant influence on in terms of their own personal uh, music careers. In 2017, she would appear on Rainbow, the third studio album by Kesha, performing a duet of Old Flames Can't Hold a Candle to You. The track had been co-written by Kesha's mother, P.B. Serbert, and was previously a hit for Park and was included on her 1980 album, 
Dolly, Dolly, Dolly. She also co-wrote and provided featuring vocals on the song Rainbow Land on Younger Now, the sixth album by her goddaughter, Miley Cyrus. Quick comparison, might catch a lot of heat from this or from from some of the the female listeners listeners um because i might be uh throwing shade i guess in a sense toward miley uh it, would it be too far out there for me to say that what taylor has been doing and has done and become is what was a hopeful for miley it's just that it's because just, of who she yeah. is and yeah. who was around her in her youth and how she started on a high note with the Hannah Montana stuff as opposed to having to progressively grow in everything. She was already in the middle of it with her father, godmother, being who they were. Miley, the difference between Taylor and Miley is Miley eventually was like, I don't want that. I want my own um image i guess which is what yeah. the big change in 2013 that blew everyone's minds yeah i can't be tamed like i don't want to be tamed i don't want to be dolly i don't want to be my dad i want to be miley right i think the difference is is miley didn't want it and taylor has without dolly backing her done this thing that i think Billy Ray wanted Miley to be, but Miley didn't want to be it. Right. But she's not going to think that she's not going to turn down any kind of help from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I do think, like you said earlier, Taylor is definitely on track to the next person, the next person to really be and do that same. Yeah. If she buys a theme park, what do you think we're going to call it? Uh, Swifty Land? Swifty Land. Swifty Land. Yeah, Swifty Land. Everything will be themed around like her album. Sections of the park will be themed off of the different albums. Yeah. Yeah. There's an entire corner of the park uh, all painted red. Right. Everything. Uh, the, kids, the kids' splash pad will actually be. Uh, teardrops on my guitar. There'll be a large guitar painted on the ground, and all these fountains are spraying up, and, and just the <laughs> raindrops are falling down. Is what will be the teardrops? Like literally, there will be a "It's a Small World After All" type ride called the Eras Tour, and it just the Eras Tour ride through the time and life of Taylor Swift. But they're all like small little animatronic creatures of different people in her life and along the way you know a little small thing you see of, all the different of, boyfriends or whatever has <laughs> different animatronics on little animatronic side. kelsey and the last of it that <laughs> it says to be continued as you're exiting the ride <laughs> and they just gradually add through it each year <laughs> right it can it, it progressively changes <laughs> Oh goodness. We have some really good ideas. We do. Some of these things. Hopefully somebody's yeah. gonna catch one of them at some point in time. Between that and NASCAR golf, uh, yeah. I think we've hit on a couple of really good ones with those. I think so too. Uh in 2019 in 2019, Park made an unannounced appearance 
at the Newport Folk Festival in Rhode Island and performed several songs accompanied by the High Women and Linda Perry. Uh, I'm assuming that is, and I'm going to check here real quick, that that is a female version of the Highwaymen. Highwaymen, yeah, the Highwaymen. Yep, that's very, very popular. Pretty much is what that's good. Yeah. Yeah. A super group composed of Brandy Carlisle, uh, Natalie Hemby, uh, Marin Morris, and Amanda Shires. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2020, Part received uh, worldwide attention after posting four pictures in which she showed how she would present herself on social media platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I remember that trend. Uh, the original post on Instagram went viral after celebrities posted their own versions of the so-called Dolly Parton challenge on social media. Mm-hmm. On April 10th, 2020, Parton re-released 93 songs from six of her classic albums, Little Sparrow, Halos and Horns, Forgotten Country, Better Day, Those Were the Days, and Live and Well. Then on May 27th, 2020, Parton released a brand new song called When Life is Good Again. Mm-hmm. This song was released to help keep the spirits up those affected by the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic uh, pioneering once again. She also released a music video for When Life is Good Again which premiered on Time 100 Talks on May 28th, 2020. August 2020, Parton announced plans to release her first holiday album 30 years, titled A Holly Dolly Christmas in October of 2020. And then on December the 6th, CBS aired a Christmas special, A Holly Dolly Christmas, where Park performed songs from that album. Wow. And since then, she had been kind of quiet apart from some of her uh, philanthropy work and stuff like that until, of course, in early 2022, Parton was nominated for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and then she initially declined the nomination, believing that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was for people in rock music. What does she do? She goes out and she releases a rock album. But after learning that this is not the case, Parton said she would accept her induction if she were chosen for the honor. In May, her induction was announced, and finally, November 5th, 2022, she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and then in October 2022, Parton stated in an interview that she would no longer tour, but would continue to play live shows occasionally. Now, on December 31st, New Year's Eve 2022, Parton co-hosted NBC's New Year's special, which was titled Miley's New Year's Eve Party. Mm-hmm. And then on January 17th, 2023, Parton announced she would release her first rock album titled Rockstar. And then later that year, during an interview on The View, it was released on November 17th, 2023, and features collaborations with Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Elton John, Cheryl Crow, Miley Cyrus, Lizzo, and several others. Wow. So, yes, still to this day, continuing to pioneer, continuing to stretch the boundaries of her musical prowess, continuing to explore other genres of music, and still achieving career firsts. At almost the age of eight. And continuing to help others, whether it's through philanthropy, inviting people to be a part of albums and songs to kind of launch them. Just so many ways that she doesn't have to give back, but continuously does. 
Oh, for sure. It's one of the things that puts her above so many artists in the last 50 years almost. She just does things that you just don't hear a lot of celebrities doing without a camera present, of course. But she just probably does it. She just does it like she'll just call someone and say, hey, I have this song. I want to put on an album. I hear your voice singing with me. Why don't you come along and do it with me? And they're right. probably like, what? Uh, <laughs> right. Sure. Dolly just asked yeah. me to, yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy how much she continues now- to change the game. This segment of Between Two Barrels is brought to you by the Smoky Mountain Rainforest Adventures. Located in the heart of the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee near Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge lies the Rainforest Adventures Zoo, which is open year-round with lots to see and do. Themed by one of the nation's finest zoological contractors, a former Animal Kingdom zoologist of Disney World, the Rainforest Adventure Zoo features over 600 live animals representing over 130 species. It is home to unique and beautiful creatures from both tropical and temperate climates alike, including reptiles, birds, mammals, and even the ever-so-popular and exotic axolotl. Book your visit today at rfadventures.com or stop by and see them at 109 NASCAR Drive in Sevierville, Tennessee. And when you do, tell them Tennessee Legend Distillery sent you. One thing that's always been a a fun thing to talk about, especially having worked at Dollywood at one point in time in my life, is that she has the uncanny ability to basically be able to blend in because she has such an iconic public image mm-hmm. that she can step out of that image and be in more normal normal people clothes. And of course, I mean, at this point, everyone should know if they don't already, the fact that she wears wigs. I mean, she expressly says that in almost any interview that that late night talk show hosts have done over the years or anything like that. She constantly talks about her image. Yeah. But it's a, a thing that she can actually walk around Dollywood and nobody know the difference unless someone were to make her laugh. And she has such an iconic, girlish giggle or laugh to her that it is nigh impossible yes. for her to not be recognized if she laughs. Uh, but talking about her, her public image, um, she, of course, if you did not know this, has turned down multiple offers due to her uh, uh, obvious assets to... Uh, to pose nude for Playboy magazine, but did at one point in time appear on the cover of the October 1978 issue wearing the iconic Playboy bunny outfit, complete with ears and all. And if you've not seen it, it's easy to find. And you can just Google search it. I mean, if you've got any kind of, you know, 
not say for work things, you know, don't go that far into it. But you can at least look up the the Dolly Parton yeah. Playboy cover yeah. if you wanted to see it. We're not by any means uh, uh, supporting going yeah. and searching anything beyond yeah. that. Yeah, you don't have to turn the page. The the thing can stay closed. Um, but of course, I mean, it was it was you know the, there's no doubt as to why they had continued to want her to potentially pose for the magazine. But um, there's also some other uh, things that have been nicknamed after her, including Dolly the Sheep. Uh, that was the cloned sheep from several years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and it's honestly due to, like I said, mainly referring to her assets in some form or another. Uh, Mobile, Alabama, the General W.K. Wilson Jr. Bridge is commonly referred to as the Dolly Parton Bridge. And mm. if you want to look it up again, it's it's easy to understand why that, that would be called that. Uh, and then um, the thickened appearance of the turret frontal armor of the T-72A main battle tank led the unofficial army nickname the Dolly Parton and later the T-72BIs got the nickname the Super Dolly Part Tank. <laughs> and once again, you can probably go and look up an image of these different things and it will be obvious as to why they have been labeled with those specific monikers. Yes. But of course, Parton is known for having undergone considerable plastic surgery throughout the years and she'll tell you it costs a lot of money to look this trashy. And on a 2003 episode of the Oprah Winfrey Show, Winfrey asked Parton exactly what kind of cosmetic surgery Parton had undergone. And she replied that cosmetic surgery was imperative in keeping with her famous image. Parton has repeatedly joked about her physical image and surgery, saying, as I just mentioned, it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. Her breasts have garnered her mentions in several songs, including Dolly Parton's hits by Bobby Braddock, Marty Feldman Eyes by Bruce Baum parody of Betty Davis eyes no show Jones by George Jones and Merle Haggard and make me proud by Drake featuring Nicki Minaj when asked about future plastic surgery she famously said if I see something sagging bagging or dragging I'll get it nipped tucked or sucked Parton's feminine escapism is acknowledged in her words womanhood was a difficult thing to get a grip on in those hills unless you were a man Parton said in 2012 that she had entered a Dolly Parton look-alike contest and, of course, lost. That's wild. I know she also has a serious amount of tattoos that the world will probably never see. Oh, for sure. And I'd be kind of curious as to what even any of those are. Yeah. I mean, just to just to see, you know what I mean? So, <clears throat> as far as her personal influences, or as she lists them, uh, of course, multiple big-name stars, she often credits much of her inspiration to her family and community. On her own mother part in her 2020 book, Songteller, My Life and Lyrics, wrote, so it was just natural for my mom to always be singing my Mother had that old-timey voice, and she used to sing all these songs that were brought over from the old world. They were English, Irish, 
Welsh, Welsh folk songs where people tell stories. Parton calls her mother's voice haunting. Lord, you would feel it, she wrote. Her biggest influence, however, was her Aunt Dorothy Joe. People often ask me who my influences were. They think I'm going to say some big names and there are just a few stars, of course. But I was impressed with, <clears throat> but my heroes, my Aunt Dorothy Joe, my mama's baby sister. She was not only an evangelist, she played banjo, she played guitar, and she wrote some great songs. Of course, fellow singers also had an impact on part, describing George Jones as her all-time favorite singer and recognizing her love for other artists such as Kitty Wells, Roy Acuff, and Rose Maddox. Wow. We, we discussed in Tuesday's episode likening the songs that her mother would sing to Misty Mountains from The Hobbit yeah. or those types of songs, what you would hear in things from Lord of the Rings because that is where that type of stuff originated. So I could only imagine whenever she's saying, Lord, you would feel it, that her mother's voice was haunting. I fully imagine that's exactly the type of stuff that she was listening to growing up as a kid. Yeah, because I mean, there's that entire scene out of the first Hobbit where the dwarves are singing Misty Mountains is haunting. Yeah what they're singing, how they're singing it. And it's telling a story. Yeah. Yeah. Them trying to get home. Yeah. So, uh, believe it or not, she is actually unable to read sheet music. Dolly really? can't read sheet music. Yep. She can play many instruments, but it's all by ear, including dulcimer, auto harp, banjo, guitar, electric guitar, fiddle, piano, recorder, and saxophone. But can't read sheet music. Reflecting on her own multi-instrumental abilities, Park said, I play some of everything. I ain't that good at none of it, but I try to sell it, and I really try to lay into it. Fake it till you make it. A Dolly original inspiration. Parton has also used her fingernails as an instrument, like I mentioned on the 9-to-5 album. She actually has that credit there. Uh, yeah, she got the, the original beat just from sitting there clacking her nails together. To that, that train shuffle to that uh, many songs, so many songs that she has written, uh, fewer songs that she's actually covered. Um, of course, we touched lightly on Nine to Five, the musical, um, one of the better theatrical adaptations of a film. Um, because you had mentioned usually whenever you try to take something that's been established as a book or a film. And usually try to put it to some sort of theatrical production. It's, yeah, it doesn't it's, transfer well. Doesn't always, yeah, make that leap. Nine to five does. But yeah, I mean, just the the capability of of being able to turn some of those numbers into full on or scenes into full on musicals, like being in the office. I could imagine, you know, because I've not personally seen the musical, but I could imagine them like having on top of the desk dance numbers and dance breaks and stuff like that i mean i could see where much like best little whorehouse in texas was that's very phenomenal on on both film and stage i could see where this one has the potential to be able to do the very same thing and you basically only have two two scene setups the office and the house it's very simple in in uh staging 
Now, of course, we have mentioned the fact that she does have her own theme park. Um, I've spent many years working. I can't say many. I spent like three years working there. But as a teenager, it seemed like an eternity, of course. Um, but over the ages of uh, 14, 15, and 16, I worked at for the Dollywood Corporation uh, in the village and country fair, mostly at the concession stands. Eventually got down to where I was uh, in the main country fair area. Uh Back over near the Scrambler, you had that back building uh, that you yeah. could go into that had a few games inside of it. Yeah. Um, but they also had a little pretzel stand to where you could get like a pizza pretzel or cinnamon pretzel, all that stuff. I got to the point where I was actually starting to make some of that food. They allowed me to do that. And uh, of course, I got my uh, toes wet in the world of cotton candy making for several years uh, there at Dollywood. So I had a, a bit of an edge whenever I eventually got into the theater world and, of course, started uh, making cotton candy or showing people how to best make cotton candy uh, in the theater. So, uh, But Parton invested much of her earnings in the business ventures in her native East Tennessee, most notably, of course, Pigeon Forge. She is co-owner of the Dollywood Company, which operates the theme park Dollywood, a former Silver Dollar City, the Dinner Theater, of course, Dolly Park Stampede, the Water Park, Dollywood Splash Country, and the Dream More Resorts and Spa, with more on the way, and actually some that have already been built at this point. Um, now, Dollywood is listed as the 24th most popular theme park in the United States, with 3 million visitors per year. And the Dolly Stampede business has been used in both Branson, Missouri, and Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, a former location in Orlando, and of course, the main one here in Pigeon Forge. Starting in June 2011, the Myrtle Beach location became a Pirate's Words Fun and Feature uh, Feast and Adventure. And Parton appeared for the opening, and the South Carolina General Assembly declared June 3rd, 2011, as Dolly Parton Day. January 19th, 2012, Parton's 66th birthday, Gaylord Opryland in Dollywood announced plans to open a $50 million water park and uh, $50 million water and snow park, a family friendly destination in Nashville that is open. On September 9, 2012, Parton officially withdrew her support for the Nashville Park due to restructuring of Gaylord Entertainment Company after its merger with Mary. Point time, if you didn't know, Gaylord was in the process of becoming more than what it currently is, and Dolly was in on that as one of the investors, and they were going to be turning it into a water and snow park, which is definitely something that will be very interesting. Uh, later, of course, we did have in 2015 here in the area, we had the Lumberjack Feud at Dinner Show, originally being a Dolly Parton production, mm -hmm. later on uh, closed out and then was re-envisioned uh, under Paula Dean. Uh, quick touch on what would be her acting career, and then, of course, we will wind up getting into her works in philanthropy. Now, of course, everyone knows Dolly Parton for mostly for her iconic music and a few people know most notably anyone who was who is older than i'd say 25 at this point would be a good launch point in terms of age 
um, that Dolly Parton had a rather illustrious film career as well. Um, in addition to her performing appearances on the Porter Wagner show in the 60s and into the 70s, her two self-titled television variety shows in the 1970s and 80s, and on American Idol in 2008, as well as other guest appearances. Dolly has had several television roles. In 1979, she received an Emmy Award nomination as Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Variety Program for her guest appearance in a shared special. And during the mid-1970s, Part wanted to expand her audience base, although her first attempt, the television variety show Dolly, which aired 1976 to 1977, originally had high ratings. It only lasted the one season. With Part requesting to be released from her contract because of the stress it was causing on her vocal cords, basically having to sing. It'd be like if she were to come here and be performing at one of the shows yeah, not getting any kind of rest, and then also going out doing a tour. Yeah. Um, later on, she would try a, an additional television variety show, also titled Dolly, in 1987 and 1988, uh, but it too would only last the one season. Now, in her first feature film, Parton portrayed a secretary in a leading role with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, of course, in the comedy film Nine to Five, which released in 1980. The movie highlights discrimination against women in the workplace and created awareness of the National Association of Working Women. <clears throat> she received nominations for a Golden Globe Award for Best Actress, Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, and a Golden Globe Award for New Star of the Year under the category of Actress. Parton wrote and recorded the film's title song, which received a nomination for an Academy Award for Best Song and a Golden Award for Best Original Song. It was originally released as a single, and the song won both Grammy Awards for Best Female Country Vocal Performance and Grammy Award for Best Country Song. It also reached number one on the Hot 100 chart, and it was number 78 on the AFI's 100 Years 100 Songs list released by the American Film Institute in 2004. 9 to 5 also became a major box office success, grossing over $3.9 million in its opening weekend and over $103 million worldwide. Now, that may not sound like much, but remember, this is 1980, not 2020. So in comparison, bringing in over $100 million in 1980 would be phenomenal success. Yes. And at that point in time, in her debut movie, Parton was named the top female box office star by the Motion Picture Herald in both 1981 and 1982 due to that film's success. Now, of course, one another movie that we've referenced and one that I'm particularly fond of, in late 1981, Parton began filming her second film, the musical film, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, which was released in 1982. Funny enough, I always enjoyed movies that were older than me mm -hmm. and movies that I should not remember, but I got introduced to them because my family has always been movie fanatics. Mm -hmm. But the film earned her a second nomination for a Globe Actress or an award for Best Actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. And the film was greeted with positive critical reviews and became a commercial success, over, earning over 69, no pun intended, million dollars worldwide. And after a two-year hiatus from films, Parton was teamed later 
with Sylvester Stallone for Rhinestone in 1984. And myself and my sibling, uh, rather quote this one, uh, sometimes often uh, here going through the distillery. Um, but that one, of course, was a comedy film about a country music star's efforts to mold an unknown into a music sensation. The film was critical and financial failure, making just over $21 million on a $28 million budget. So in those terms, while it was not as successful, I think it has garnered more of a cult following and to yeah. this day remains a favorite just because it did hit two very opposite people together in a film with Dolly Parton and uh, at that point in time, acclaimed action star Sylvester Stallone. Yes. So, and if you've not seen it, I recommend giving it a watch. It is a funny movie just because the fact that you have uh, Sylvester Stallone by the end of the movie singing a country song with Dolly Parton. It's an interesting crossover. Very, very much so. Continuing on into 1989, Parton returned to the film acting in Still Magnolias, one of her more, I would say, probably best known and more quoted roles at any point in time uh, from Dolly, most Dolly fans. Uh, based on the play of the same name by Robert Harling, the film was popular with critics and audiences, grossing over $95 million in the U.S., Parton star also starred in the television series of Smoky Mountain Christmas in 1986, which is a very good show. Uh, Wild Texas Wind in 1991, Unlikely Angel in 1996, at that point in time portraying an angel sent back to Earth after a deadly car crash, and Blue Valley Songbird in 1999, where her character lives through her music. She then starred with James Woods in Straight Talk, which is another very good film which received mixed reviews and grossed a mild $21 million at the box office. If you're not familiar with that one, it's where she assumes the identity of a television or a radio therapist and has people call in and she starts giving some life lessons and advice that she would learn in the hills of East Tennessee. Uh, but of course, being opposite James Woods, it made for a, I thought, a rather, a rather fun Mm -hmm. In 1987, her variety show Dolly, as we mentioned before, lasted only one season. Uh, same thing with the one in the prior decade in the late 70s. She made a cameo appearance as herself in the Beverly Hillbillies in 1993 uh, with Jim Varney playing the lead character in that one, which was an adaptation of the long-running TV sitcom of the same name. Mm -hmm. uh, Parton has done voice work for animated uh, television series playing herself in Alvin and the Chipmunks. Katrina Eloise Murph Murphy sitcoms, uh, 1990, and an episode of Designing Women. She also made a guest appearance on Reba. She's been on The Simpsons. Um, she was also on the Halloween episode of Bette Midler's short-lived sitcom, Bette, and on episode 14 of the produced by Sand Dollar Productions Park and Sandy Gillen's joint production company. She's made appearances on the Disney Channel as Aunt Dolly visiting Hannah and her family and fellow Tennessean in real life, goddaughter Miley Cyrus. And she has also, excuse me, uh, played the overprotective mother and comedy uh, Frank McCluskey, C.I. She made a cameo appearance in the comedy film Miss Congeniality 2, starring Sandra Bullock. A duck and partner also uh, was expected 
to, to reprise her television role as Hannah's godmother in the musical comedy film Hannah Montana's movie, but the character was ultimately omitted from screenplay. She also co-stars the film Joining Acquiring Crew's Widow, who joins horses with Latifah's character, a mother of two teens, to save a small Georgia town's gospel choir. Dolly Parton's Code of Many Colors, a made-for-TV film based on Parton's song of the same name and featuring narration by Parton. In June 2018, Parton announced an eight-part Netflix series featuring her music career. She is its executive producer and co-star. The series called Dolly Parton's Heartstrings aired in November 2019. She's also the subject of the NPR podcast, Dolly Parton's America, which is hosted by Jad Aboramad who also hosts Radio Tab, or sorry, Radio Lab. In December 2019, the biographical documentary, documentary Here I Am was added to the catalog of the Netflix streaming service. In November of 2020, Park produced and started the Netflix musical film Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, which won her a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Television Movie. She has also uh, co-starred or made a cameo appearance uh, in November of 2021 on the uh, show Grace and Frankie. Her co-stars Lily Tomlin and herself on The Blue. And then in December 2022, Parton appeared in an NBC special titled Dolly Parton's Mount Magic Christmas. Lord, she has done a lot. A lot. A lot, lot, lot. Now, we've gone through the old stuff. Um, we've gotten up to this point. As far as her actual family, of course, we said that she is the fourth of 12 children. Her siblings, Willa Dean, David Wilburn, Corey Denver, Robert Lee, Stella May, Cassie Nan, Randall Houston, Larry Gerald, twins Floyd Estelle and Frida Estelle, and, of course, Rachel Ann. Then all of their children, who, of course, refer to her as Aunt Granny and her husband as Uncle Peepaw because she has yet to have any children of her own. And, of course, godmother of Miley Cyrus. And then, of course, uh, her faith. She says that she's a committed Christian, which has influenced many of her musical releases, but she does not specifically go into a singular sect of, yeah. of the Protestant religion. Yeah. No. One of the last things that we are going to get into as far as uh, Dolly herself is the fact of the amount of work that she has uh, some of the awards that she has won. Father, not ever, ever having learned how to read or write. It's one of those things that's definitely something near and dear to her heart. And her literacy program, Dolly Parton's Imagination oh, yeah. Library, which started as a local organization has of course expanded to a global organization mm-hmm. is founded in part by the Dollywood Foundation and of course like I said is in honor of her father. It mails one book per month to each enrolled child from the time of their birth until they enter kindergarten usually around the age of five and currently over 1600 local communities provide the imagination library to almost 850,000 children each month across the U.S., Canada, U.K., Australia, and the Republic of Ireland. In February 2018, she donated her 100 millionth free book, a copy of 
Parton's children's picture book, Coat of Many Colors, to the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C., and was honored by the Library of Congress on account of the charity sending out its 100 millionth book. And this is something that's been going on since, like I said, uh, 1990s. Yeah. Yeah, because my sister was able to get into it. That's, yeah. So, yeah, it's been going on since the early to mid-90s. Yeah. Now, for her work in literacy, Hart has received various awards, including an Association of American Publishers Honors, Honors Award, Good Housekeeping Seal of Approval, American Association of School Administrators Galaxy Award, National State Teachers of the Year Chasing Rainbows Award, and Parents as Teachers National Center Child and Family Advocacy Award. On May two May eighth, two thousand nine, Parton gave the commencement speech at the graduation ceremony for the University of Tennessee Knoxville's College of Arts and Sciences. And during the ceremony, she received an honorary Doctor of Humane Letters from the university. It was only the second honorary degree given by the university, and in presenting the degree, the university's chancellor Jimmy Cheek said, "Because of her career." not just as a musician and entertainer, but for her role as a cultural ambassador, philanthropist, and lifelong advocate for education. It is fitting that she be honored with an honorary degree from the flagship educational institution of her home state. In 2006, Park published a cookbook, Dolly's Dixie Fixins, Love, Laughter, and Lots of Good Food, Looks like I found another one to add to the wife's Christmas gift list because she does love some cookbooks. The Dollywood Foundation, funded from Parts Profits, has been noted for bringing jobs and tax revenues to a previously depressed region. Parton also has worked to raise money for several other causes, including the American Red Cross and the HIV AIDS related charities. In December 2006, Parton pledged $500,000 toward a proposed million dollar hospital and cancer center to be constructed in Sevierville in the name of Robert F. Thomas, the physician who delivered her. She also announced a benefit concert to raise additional funds for the project. The concert played to about 8,000 people. And the same year, Emily Harris and she had allowed their music to be used in a PETA ad campaign that encouraged pet owners to keep their dogs indoors rather than chained outside. In 2003, her efforts to preserve the bald eagle through the American Eagle Foundation Sanctuary at Dollywood earned her the Partnership Award from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and Parton received the Woodrow Wilson Award for Public Service from the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars of the Smithsonian Institution at a ceremony in Nashville on November 8th, 2007. Wow. Now, in response, of course, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't stop with this lady. In response to the 2016 Great Smoky Mountain wildfires, Park was one of the a number of country music artists who participated in a telethon to raise money for the victims of the fires. This was held in Nashville on December 9th. In addition, Park hosted her own telethon for the victims on December 13th and reportedly raised about nine million. Her fund, the My People Fund, provided a thousand dollars a month for six months to over 900 families affected by the wildfires finally culminating with $5,000 to each home in the final month due to increasing fundraising for a total of $10,000 per family. In 2018, the FBI honored Park. The honor was bestowed by Director Christopher Ray and was accepted 
on Parton's behalf by David Dotson, CEO of the Dollywood Foundation. The impact of the fund's financial relief for the 2016 wildfire victims was studied by the University of Tennessee College of Social Work professor Stacia West, who examined the impact of cash transfers and poverty alleviation. West surveyed 100 recipients of the emergency relief funds in April of 2016 on topics including questions on housing, financial impact, physical and emotional health, and sources of support with a follow-up survey conducted in December of 2017. West found that the My People Fund, in tandem with traditional disaster response, gave families the ability to make decisions that were most beneficial to them and concluded that unconditional cash support may be more beneficial for disaster relief than conditional financial support. The report cited the impact of the monthly financial disbursements from the My People Fund on residents' emergency savings. Following the monthly disbursements of unconditional cash assistance, participants were able to return to baseline financial stability reported prior to the wildfires and improve their stability and ability to set aside savings on hypothetical future emergencies. So a UT student, Ms. Stacia West, surveyed at multiple times this hundred people who were impacted by the wildfires who received the uh, My People Fund money, that additional $10,000 throughout the time, which was not a it was not a conditional other than the fact that you had to be, you know, displaced by the wildfires that they allowed or that it would allow them to not only regain a point to a status to where they were before the fires, but then also allowed them to even better themselves at that point. Parton has been a generous donor to Vanderbilt University Medical Center. Among her gifts was a contribution to the Monroe Carell Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt Pediatric Cancer Program in honor of Professor Najee Abumrad and her niece, Hannah Dennison, who was successfully treated for leukemia as a child at Children's Hospital. And as most recently as 2020, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, Parton donated $1 million towards research at Vanderbilt University Center and encourage those who, who can't afford to make it similar donations. She said, I'm a very proud girl today to know that I had anything to do at all with something that's going to help us through this crazy pandemic. Our donation funded the critical early stages of the development of the Moderna vaccine. And in March 2021, Hart was vaccinated against COVID-19 at Vanderbilt University. She labeled social media accounts of the occasion, Dolly gets a dose of her own medicine. Parton strongly encouraged everyone to get vaccinated when eligible and performed a song celebrating her vaccination set to the tune of her song, Jolene. The song included the lines, vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging you, please don't hesitate, vaccine. Wow. And then, of course, uh, yeah, continues on. Wow. So throughout the pandemic, throughout the shutdown, throughout the quarantine, she was helping to try to increase getting everything back to normal and developing of vaccinations. But she's also providing entertainment yeah. to everybody. So just nothing but give, give, give. 
is truly a person who only takes what they need and everything else is just moved on down to whoever needs it more show than what she does. But Dolly is one of the most honored female country performers of all time. The Record Industry Association of America has certified 25 of her single or album releases as either gold record, platinum record, or multi-platinum record status. She has had 26 songs reach number one on the Billboard Country Charts, a record for a female artist. She has also got 42 career top 10 country albums, a record for any artist, and 110 career-charted singles over the past 40 years. As of 2012, she had written more than 3,000 songs and sold more than 100 million records, making her one of the best-selling female artists of all time. As of 2021, she had appeared on the country music charts in each of seven decades, the most of any artist. Dolly Parton has earned 11 Grammy Awards, including her 2011 Lifetime Achievement Grammy, and a total of 50 Grammy Award nominations, the second most nominations of any female artist in the history of the prestigious award. At the American Music Awards, she has won three awards out of her 18 nominations. At the Country Music Association, she has won 10 out of her 42 nominations. At the Academy of Country Music, she has won seven awards and had 39 nominations. She is one of only six female artists, including Reba McIntyre, Barbara Streisand, or sorry, Reba McIntyre, Barbara Mandrell, Shania Twain, Loretta Lynn, and now Taylor Swift to win the Country Music Association's highest honor, Entertainer of the Year in 1978. She has also been nominated for two Academy Awards and a Tony Award. She was nominated for an Emmy Award for her appearance in a 1978 Cher television special. She was awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for her music in 1984, located at 6712 Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California. A star on the Nashville Star Walk for Grammy Award winners and a bronze sculpture on the courthouse lawn, of course, here in Sevierville. She has often called that statue of herself in her hometown the greatest honor because it came from the people who knew her. Parton was inducted into the Grand Ole Opry in 1969 and in 1986 was named one of Miss Magazine's Women of the Year. The same year, she was also inducted into the National Songwriters Hall of Fame. In 99, she received Country Music's highest honor and in induction into the Country Music Hall of Fame. And she received an honorary doctorate degree from Carson Newman College in Jefferson City in 1990. This was following by an induction into the National Academy of Popular Music Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2001. Following year in 2002, she ranked number four in CMT's 40 Greatest Women of Country Music. I don't see how she's not number one. Barton was honored in 2003 with a tribute called Just Because I'm a Woman, Songs of Dolly Parton. The artists who recorded versions of Parton songs included Melissa Etheridge doing I Will Always Love You, Alison Krauss doing 9 to 5, Shania Twain doing Code of Many Colors, Michelle Gipcello doing Two Doors Down, Nora Jones doing The Grass is Blue, and Sinead O'Connor singing Dagger Through the Heart. Wow. Parton herself contributed a re-recording of the title song 
originally the title song for her first RCA album in 1968. She was awarded the Living Legend Medal by the U.S. Library of Congress on April 14, 2004 for her contributions to the cultural heritage of the United States, and she is also the focus of a Library of Congress collection exploring the influences of country music on her life and career. The collection contains images, articles, sheet music, and more. In 05, she was honored with the medical or with the National Medal of Arts, the highest honor given by the U.S. government for excellence in the arts. The award is presented by the U.S. President on December 3rd, 2006. Part received the Kennedy Center Honors from the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts for her lifetime of contributions to the arts. And during the show, some of country music's biggest names came to show their admiration. And Carrie Underwood performed Islands in the Stream with Rogers, Parton's original duet partner. Krauss performed Jolene and duetted Coat of Many Colors with Twain. Uh, McIntyre and Reese Witherspoon also came to pay tribute. And on November 16, 2010, Parton accepted the Lesseberg Applause Award, the theme park industry's most prestigious honor on behalf of Dollywood Theme Park during a ceremony held at the IAPA Attractions Expo in 2010 in Orlando, Florida. It keeps going. In 2015, a newly discovered species of lichen found growing in the southern Appalachians was named Japiwala Dalipartinania in honor of Parton's music and her efforts to bring national and global attention to that region. She's got a lichen named after her. In 2018, Parton received what? So Jimmy Buffett also had some uh, I can't remember what it was named after him, uh, but in 2018, Park received a second star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, inducted alongside Linda Ronstadt and Lou Harris in recognition of their work as a trio. Parton was also recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records in 2018 for holding the records of most decades with a top 20 hit on Billboard's uh, Hot Country Songs, as well as most hits on Billboard Hot Country Songs chart by a female artist. In 2020, Parton received a Grammy Award for her collaboration with For King and Country on their song, God Only Knows. And in 2021, she was inducted or included on the Time 100 Times annual list of the 100 most influential people in the world. New York Times called her among three of America's most beloved divas alongside Patti LaBelle and Barbara Streisand. Barbara has turned down the Presidential Medal of Freedom twice due to her husband's illness and the ongoing pandemic. And in response to a 2021 proposal by Tennessee legislator to, a stack a, or to erect a statue of Parton, she released a statement asking the legislature to remove the bill from consideration, saying, given all that is going on in the world, I don't think putting me on the pedestal is appropriate at this time. In 2022, Parton received a $100 million Courage and Civility Award from the founder of Amazon, Jeff Bezos. According to Bezos, the award was given to Parton because of her charity work focused on improving children's literacy around the world. A reason to not be angry with Jeff Bezos. And in 2023, Parton was named an honorary member of the American Literary or Library Association. She was ranked number 27 on Rolling Stone's 2023 list of the 200 greatest singers of all time. Lord. The discography is insane. The filmography, of course, is not as long, but... Wow. Wow. <laughs> and it's still going. I mean, there's still more story to be written. 
who knows yeah. how many more chapters there are. But I mean, it's a book that I'm definitely excited to continue reading. Absolutely. Like, it's wild that we can say that we, that her legend was born far before we were born, and but we and get used to grow. Yeah. During her legend. I mean, the, the term living legend, because, yeah. you know, wrestlers, uh, uh, careers are so short lived. I mean, because of the physical toll that it can take on them. So you hear the term living legend thrown around all the time, but in this aspect, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's some people that would love to get her in the squared circle and go a couple of rounds, but no. yeah. it, it just, I mean, yeah. I mean, we are living in the, the I don't want to say the shadows. I mean, she's the, the light that, that illuminates a lot of people's dark times. So yeah, uh, uh, we are basking in the, the glory that is the legend of Dolly Parton and have been our entire lives up to this point. Hell, even our parents, yeah, for the most part, yeah, because she did get started at such a young age. Wow, that's amazing. This has been this has been a fun little journey. It has been that we have taken into the legend of Dolly Parton. Wow, I've had fun with it. I mean, it's it's been fun learning about a few things. I mean, yeah. I've, because we have been around for a majority of what her career has been. I can't say a majority for a good amount of what her career has been. Uh, it's. But also we've been fortunate to be a big part of it because we live where she was born and raised and where she continues to give back to the most. So we've really gotten a front row to some parts of this legend of Dolly Parton, uh, which is, which is very fortunate for us. So thank you all for tuning in to this, this walk through the legend of Dolly Parton on behalf of Belo, This is Opie and we will see you in the next episode. Stay kind to yourself. Stay kind to others. Cheers to you. Thanks for listening to another episode of between two barrels. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. To do so, search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram, or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash tldstudio66, for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows, as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts and Tennessee Legend Distillery. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, tldstudio66.com, where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts, as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts, and don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery.